Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello, I'm Daniel, and the teaching I'm going to talk about today is called Transform Mishaps into the Path. Transform Mishaps into the Path. I don't like that word, mishaps. I think um, make whatever you're struggling with part of your journey, I think part of your spiritual journey, I think is a little bit more helpful. We don't really use the word mishaps, or I could say transform disasters into the path, and that would help. Maybe we all have disasters in our lives all the time, really. The truth is so transform disasters into the path, I think, is a helpful way to think about this. It is obviously true in life that we want to avoid difficulty whenever we can. The problem, of course, is that we can't avoid all of the challenges that life is going to throw at us. We simply can't. In fact, A lot of the time, pretending that we can avoid challenges brings extra suffering and difficulty to us. Pretending that we can avoid challenges makes life harder. Facing difficulty and accepting that life is hard is a a better thing for us to do. It's a more useful thing for us to do. This teaching is associated with the cultivation of patience or Sometimes the words like equanimity are used. It's our ability to weather the storms of life. We think of patience and we think of, you know, being stuck in line a long time or something. But this is patience in a, in a broader way. It's just seeing the way things are. And yes, trying to change things, but also not getting caught in this trap where we're like, oh, poor me. Why is this happening to me? It's hard to think in this way, but the truth is that difficult people and difficult circumstances give us an opportunity. Difficult people give us a chance to practice forgiveness, especially um, I've heard the phrase like learn how to accept an apology you've never gotten. And I think that's very, very powerful. That's not to say that we should let people walk all over us, uh, forgive, but don't forget, I think. But it's to say that someone may have wronged you in the past and you're carrying that weight and you're they're still harming you because you're carrying that weight whereas they may not be thinking about you at all right so sometimes it helps to try to put that weight down and yes that is harder to do than it sounds and additionally difficult circumstances give us a chance to practice patience and equanimity just to get through life and not fall apart when things get hard. And that's a challenging thing to do sometimes. And sometimes even things that are only a little bit hard can make us fall apart at times. And the truth is that the distractions that are everywhere in life give us an opportunity to practice mindfulness and concentration, to train in awareness. If we can see these things as opportunities, then our practice could be in good shape. I know 
when I'm sitting down to meditate and something noisy happens far away, um, it used to be that that really bothered me. But now I, I think of it as an opportunity to practice, an opportunity. If I hear something in the distance, oh, I'm hearing. And then I come back to the presence. I used to practice in a temple that was in the middle of the city here in Kansas City. It was actually in the, in the middle of the city and next to a fire station. And it would happen all the time that we'd be sitting down to meditate and you'd hear a fire truck. Or, I mean, if not a fire truck, you hear cars all the time because we're in the city, right? And at first, I was very frustrated with that. I was like, oh, how can they be disturbing my meditation? We need to move this temple or get the fire station to move, you know? But then later on, I started to view it as an opportunity to practice because practicing meditation in a place that's not totally quiet, well, that sort of resembles real life a little bit more than, say, a far away retreat where there's just total silence around, right? So it can really help me in my ordinary life, I hope. And I'm going to tell you a story now about a famous Buddhist teacher named Atisha. He's considered a very important figure in the history of Indian Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism both. He wrote a wonderful text that is still revered very much called The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, which I do recommend. Uh, it's not necessarily an easy read, but it, there's a lot of wisdom in it. So he was this famous teacher, Atisha, and he lived in India in the 11th century. And after a period when Buddhism had been under attack, and repressed in Tibet, the um, the man who became king wanted to find a way to bring Buddhism back to life. He was really into it. He was really interested. So it had been attacked and slandered for years, and he wanted to bring it back. So he invited this famous teacher from India to come and give teachings. Atisha was so famous that people had heard of him, like all over. So after some effort was made, this great teacher, Atisha, did decide to go to Tibet, which was a dangerous journey. He did decide to go. And he traveled around spreading the teachings, and he also he had an assistant with him. It's said that Atisha was wise, patient, and kind. He was just the epitome of a good spiritual teacher. I think of like Mr. Rogers or something like a guy who nobody has anything bad to say about. And he's always there with you. He can meet you where you are and he can give you the teaching you need without ever being rude or mean, but just being nice. Okay. No matter what's being thrown at him. And I'm telling you all that about him to tell you about his assistant, his assistant who he brought with him was kind of a jerk. He was always rude and complaining. He didn't get along with anyone and he always seemed unhappy and irritable. Okay. Whereas it seems like Atisha, even though he had to travel this dangerous journey, he was still really pleasant when he arrived and remained pleasant the whole time. But his assistant like seemed like he had was in a bad mood from the trip and just stayed in a bad mood the whole time. He was the kind of person that you do not want to hang out with. So everyone that met Atisha, just they wondered, why, why is this great wise master who's very kind and very wonderful and bringing us these teachings that we desperately need, 
why would he bring this jerk around with him, right? Why would he bring this this pain pain in the butt guy who is just in a bad mood all the time? And eventually, somebody went to Atisha, and they asked, "What's the deal with your assistant? Why do you why do you hang out with this guy? Why do you hang out with him? Why don't you have a better assistant, right?" And Atisha says, "He is the only one." who can teach me patience and compassion. He's the only one who can teach me patience and compassion. So you see, Atisha was turning this difficult person into part of the path. There may be more to the story than that. to that. Maybe this assistant really needed a job. Maybe this assistant was someone that really wanted to travel. Maybe it was a relative. I don't know. But the point is that Atisha... Uh, met this guy who was very difficult and engaged with this guy who was very difficult, very unpleasant as a person, not someone you'd want to hang out with. And he went out of his way to bring him on a trip, on a trip to another country. And this is, I don't, I think it doesn't need to be said that there were no cars. Like this is a long journey into the mountains with this guy and they stay together and they spend all their time together. And he deliberately is bringing this unpleasant person with him. And we don't know the whole story of why, but the point is that this great master Atisha was able to and willing to and excited to bring this unpleasant person because he could have a constant reminder. Oh, there's unpleasant people in the world. Oh, I need to be patient with other people. Oh, I need to be kind all the time, not just when it's easy, all the time. And Atisha specifically said, like, you Tibetan people are really easy to talk to and pleasant. So I brought this person so that I was reminded that not everybody's like that. And now I don't want to say that we should do what Atisha did. I don't think we should go out of our way to spend time with unpleasant people. I think we should be spending time with people that have the same goals and the same values we do as much as we can. But I do want to say that we can reflect on Atisha's story when our circumstances are annoying. I'm not talking about like a real abuse situation where you're around someone and they abuse you or you go to work every day and you're so stressed out you cry. I'm talking about the little things that hang us up sometimes. The person who is very short with you. The person who doesn't, maybe doesn't clean up after themselves as well as they should. And you have to pick up some of that. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the severe, real serious abuse situations, real serious, horrible life situations and circumstances. I'm talking about the little things because the truth is the little things can become big things right? Little annoyances can accumulate and really tear us down. So we have to learn how to deal with those and to turn those into part of our path. Because the truth is, we can just like Atisha could, right? This assistant was not beating Atisha. He was just being generally unpleasant. And we know people like that. And we don't need to hide from them per se. But rather, we can just think about and reflect on, oh, what am I learning? from this person. And it's the same with 
annoying situations? What am I learning from this situation? We can reflect on that way and turn these difficulties into part of our journey instead of thinking of these difficulties as things we're going to get away from so that we can resume our journey. Because that's that's what it's about, really. When I talked about meditating and hearing the fire trucks, I could stop my meditation and wait for the fire trucks to leave and then try to resume it. Or it can make that choice to just be there and let the fire trucks be part of my meditation, right? We can do that too, okay? We can make that choice. We are either going to practice kindness and compassion and mindfulness and awareness when it's easy and when we feel like the people around us deserve our kindness, or we can just do it all the time and not stop to think about if the people around us deserve it. That is how we really get good, get skilled at cultivating kindness. And and it can af- apply to life circumstances as well, of course. When you get a flat tire and you discover your tire's destroyed and you don't know how you're gonna long you're gonna wait for a tow truck, you can sit there and just be like, oh, why did this happen to me? Or you can see it as part of your path and you can try to figure out how to deal with that, try to figure out how to take care of it instead of just letting it tear you up. You can try to figure out how to deal with that. And that's, again, easier said than done, but we all have life circumstances like that. S happens, right? And sometimes many awful things happen in a row that we have to deal with, right? And sometimes just one big thing and sometimes just many small things, right? All these things are part of life. And what we are called to do, what we are challenged to do is take on these difficult circumstances without falling apart, without, hopefully without yelling at the people around us, you know, or hopefully without getting so upset that we just feel like we can't do anything, right? That is what we're trying to avoid is that situation where we're so upset we can't do anything. We want to be able to be in a position to still practice. And especially, we need it the most when things are hard. We need it the most most when things are hard. I, um... When the lockdowns for COVID happened, I started to do what I think a lot of people did, which was my meditation practice fell off. I stopped doing it. I felt I was too stressed out from anxiety about the pandemic. And I was wrong because that is when we need it the most. That is when we need it. Not only that, but I was stuck at home. I had time to practice. And that is when we need it the most is when things are really going bad. That is when we need our meditation practice the most, but it's also when we need to practice compassion the most, when we need to practice kindness, when we need to be mindful of the world around us. A pandemic is the most important time to do that. But at the same time, it's counterintuitive because when things are going south, we sometimes stop meditating, right? We sometimes stop meditating when things are going south and we definitely stop 
practicing boundless compassion when things are going south, right? I don't, I have to worry about myself. I can't show kindness to someone else. I have to worry about myself. We get into that trap very easily. And that's what this is an aspect of what this is about too. We want to be able to transform the pandemic into part of our journey. We want to be able to transform a flat tire into part of our journey. And that is what we are challenged to do. That is what we are challenged to do, to be like Atisha and figure out how to take this difficult thing that really is unpleasant and I really don't like it and make it part of the path for us. It takes a lot of hard work sometimes and that's just the way it is. But we do have that same ability that Atisha had. We can do what he did. So that's it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me and have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.